Executive Magazine's HR Technology Conference and Exposition, held October 1st to 4th at the Venetian in Las Vegas. Join me and thousands of your colleagues at the world's largest exhibition of HR technology. Act now using the code HREX and you can receive a $300 discount on your ticket. Thanks, we'll see you there. And by the way, don't miss the Women in Technology segment. Good morning and welcome to HR Tech Weekly, One Step Closer with Stacey Harris and John Sumter. Hi, Stacey. You're in the same hotel as me. We're, we're calling room to room today. We are. It's a very nice hotel, the Nomad here in New York City. Um, but uh, yeah, someone asked me earlier the other day, like, so do you guys do your show jointly together? I was like, no, it's just easier to do it from whichever hotel room we're in, wherever we're traveling. So, <laughs> so yes, we are calling room to room in New York today, both of us. Have we ever done this together? In the same room? I think only once when we were in Asia, when we did the Asia Pacific show, because we, we were able to get into like a conference room and do it. Remember, I think that's the only time. Good. Good memory. I couldn't even remember that. Yeah, we never do it in the same room. Yeah, yeah. It's, um, the voice feedback, all those things, technology, it works best in a separate area. But, yeah, so we're in New York this week um, for the ADP Innovations uh, Analyst Session. Um, I, I will have to say it was a very surreal um, and, and humbling experience flying into New York on uh, 9-11 yesterday um, on uh, into Newark, particularly on a United flight. Um, I got off the flight, and there was a lot of um, memorial services going on there at the um, uh, airport, as well as on TV. As I was sort of walking through the airline, so you know, just thoughts and and you know, heartfelt you know, outreach to those who have been impacted here in the city and and throughout the world from 9/11. But yeah, it's definitely been a uh, an a opportunity to sort of remember things that we have oftentimes forget about when we're traveling so much uh, when you're coming into New York on 9-11. But, yeah, so we're both here in the New York area. And you got to go out a little bit last night. I think you guys were seeing some of the lights and stuff in the area as well, right? Well, we went, we went, you know, I always like to be at the um, at the edges of things. And so, so in our little town of Healdsburg, there is this sort of – hipster grocery store which at, which is a grocery store full of all sorts of stuff that you can't figure out where you'd get it anywhere else um and and the woman who runs the grocery store recommended this peruvian restaurant over at hell's kitchen <laughs> and so so we we ran over to hell's kitchen and had a um, um a bunch of amazing food um and what I realized is is that that I understand the food from all over the world, but I don't know anything about Latin American or um, South American food. Nothing. So new new set of things for me to learn about. Well, that's the that's the beauty of New York, right? Is is the melting pot of the country. I I always love coming here. Um, the new things you get to to experience the the sights and the sounds and. Smells as well. Gotta be comfortable with that. Uh, it's it, 
New York, there's no place else in the world like it. And uh, it, it's definitely a place to come and, and get to experience something new, like Peruvian food. So definitely, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, yep, yep. It's, it's an amazing place and sort of um, a stake in the ground about how the economy thrives on a base of immigrants. Yeah, there's no, yeah, definitely that's a, I, I can tell you that in my, in my little walk to dinner last night, um, I probably heard four different languages in just six, three blocks, right? Um, it was one of those things that, that uh, Molly Lombardi and I, who went to dinner last night, she's another analyst in the space for those who sort of follow it. Um, you know, uh, if you walk slowly through an area and you really listen, you can hear the most interesting, you know, conversations, you know, the garbage guy picking up the garbage, the, the guy standing at the door, you know, with another guy, you know, holding the door open with a cigarette because it was so hot last night, talking about, you know, uh, their girlfriends and, and uh, you know, the, the night they're planning for the weekend and, you know, that it's, you know, and then, you know, and then all the different sounds and noises in different languages. It's one of my favorite things about coming to a city like this is getting a chance to sort of just experience it with all your senses, right? So, yeah. Yeah. Yep, that's awesome. So what's in the mailbag? Well, hold on. Hold well, on. It's, oh, you, yeah. you have just finished shipping the production parts of your report, as have I. Yes. It, what did, I was, what we did, you, what did you learn? What did wow. you learn? What, first of all, it's just nice to be a little ahead of the curve, right? <laughs> so I'm just acknowledging that. Normally, I'm writing up to last minute, but this year I had to push a little bit harder because I've got some things going on next week, and because we've got um, some staff who needed to get the publishing done early, and we couldn't uh, put it too late uh, to the game. Um, but that being said, this year, is, is, it's an interesting year. You know, we, we've been in a transition, a, a transformation, if you'll call it, of HR technology for, for quite some time. And we're, we're sort of, we already hit the top, and we're, and we're going down in the fact of sort of total numbers and people who are doing it. There are more people now who have transformed than those who have not at this point, particularly in North America. Uh, globally, we're still, I think, a little bit around 40% or so, so it's got a, a little bit of a peak to make there yet. But if you really take a look at sort of what people are doing right now, now they are filling in the edges, and, and that's probably some of the most interesting things that we're starting to see is, you know, what are you putting in around your HR technology ecosystem now that you have have created an environment where you feel like you've you've got a better handle on your profiles and your uh, data flows and your sort of, you know, user experience, um, what do I expect, you know, to, to fill in the gaps to make it more business focused? And so there's a lot of conversation, I think, going on about that. You know, you know, does the HR technology actually, you know, get better outcomes for an organization and what kind of um, things do we have to have in place to get those outcomes? So this year at the, at the um, conference, we'll be actually sharing the top five things that have made a difference for five years in a row in the outcomes organizations achieved from HR technology. Um, and it's, I'll give you a hint, it's not any specific vendor. So we'll have that. Um, we'll also have insights into um, what organizations are doing during implementations and during uh, their uh, updating processes. Um, and what's the new role of the HR technologist? Probably the, the three biggest things that we got out of this year's report were those type of uh, insights. So it'll be exciting. And how about you? I mean, what are 
you are obviously at the cutting edge of things with your report and the research you do. Um, do you feel like we're we're on the cusp of something this year? Uh, anything big that you think is going to come out this year in the conference or at just the the general conversation about AI? So so it's 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 a very interesting time. You know how um, storm when there's going to be a really big storm, the clouds get um, swirly and um, there's there's a lot of energy in the clouds before the really big heavy rain happens. Yeah, that's where we are. That's where we are. So it's it's chaotic. It's chaotic. There are so many different things going on that it's really, really challenging to categorize them. There are, I counted eight different business models um, for bringing AI into your organization. Um, there are maybe 60 different kinds of tool that you can buy or have somebody give you. There are a, a ton of different ways that this technology is going to come into your organization. So <clears throat> when when I do the presentations at HR Tech this year, I'm going to ask the question, who has AI in your organization today? And I'm, I imagine, I expect that about 20% of people will raise their hands. Mm-hmm. Um, and the reality is that everybody in the room already has AI in their organization. And that's the that's part of the interesting story, which is it's already here. And and I haven't been able to find a vendor of any description who doesn't have an AI story. So that means that if it's not in your enterprise tools, it's because somebody didn't turn it on. <laughs> and, and it's going to be there and be there and be there and be there going forward. And I don't think people understand that. I don't yeah. think I think people think think AI is some big future thing, and it's not. It's here right now. It's here well, right I now. Mean, it's, I would all ass- over, it's all over. I would place. assume it's very similar to having our phones, right? We we don't think we have AI, but we're actually carrying it around in our pockets on some level, right? Exactly. Exactly. There's all sorts of this stuff. And the interesting thing that we have to figure out how to do is um, rather than being passive recipients of it, we have to figure out how to make everybody an active manager of it. And I, and I think that's a big challenge. Wow. Um, and so, so that, so that that's, that's, that's a piece of it. I also am pretty clear that, um, there is a dramatic change coming to the HR department. And that dramatic change has to do with, it's kind of just driven by the um, the volume of data. You have to have some way of dealing with the volume of data. But the ways that you deal with the volume of data are reporting, analytics and artificial intelligence right and and maybe maybe a little bit of research um, into the data that you have and those functions will i think become um, a separate 
like IT might have been 20 years ago in HR. It'll become a separate function in large HR departments that's simply devoted to data and its utilization and management. So that's what I think is happening. Well, I, I think that's, right you know, that, you know, I have, I have known people who had roles like that, but they were always part of a strategy function or part of a HR analytics function. But um, they always, they, they sort of came into play and then you'd find they would fizzle out. Like they would go away because you couldn't, no one ever maintained it very effectively, right? Those roles, um, they were sort uh-huh. of the flavor of the month. What I think what you're saying is that these are going to become like an HRIT professional, you know, 74% of organizations who are over the size of 5,000 employees have a HRIT professional. I don't think we could say that about an HR analytics professional, correct, or an HR reporting or data flow professional. No, no, there's nothing, there's nothing like that. It's a really fractured job right now. And, yeah. and what I'm talking about is more than people analytics is a very interesting thing. And there's a lot of, a lot of intelligence going into, into the work of understanding how to do people analytics, but this is bigger than that. This is, this is somebody who's in charge of all of the data because it, it would be, it would be my, strong assertion that while people are the organization's greatest asset, data is the HR department's greatest asset. And currently we just have fractured methods for managing it. And what we will do is yeah. consolidate those because because the way that you get the most value out of data is by expanding the number of ways it's connected. Um, That's a very important so, distinction, so, yeah. Yep, and so and so we're gonna we're gonna see this. We're gonna see this. It's gonna happen fast, and and the report has a lengthy section about what that looks like, um, and 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 how to think about what the structure of that is. So Very I'm excited. Well, I can't wait to see it. Yeah. yeah, and I am so happy to be done. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know. Imagine I don't think anybody. Four hundred. If you, yeah. It's it's like it's like doing a term it's like doing a, a thesis or a term paper every year when you're doing these kind of reports right I don't everyone's like oh I, you know you know it's so great to write I'm like it is great to write but it's like constant pressure for like two months straight no, never ending pressure to get it done right oh uh, mine was longer than that you know you know I I talked I did 450 hours of interviews um, and 450 hours of interviews would be um, five hours a day, and I didn't do that because it's impossible, but five hours a day for 80 days, and 80 days is four working months. Yeah. Um, uh, and I couldn't keep it, I couldn't keep it at, at five hours a day. It was more like three hours a day of interviews. Um, and so it took a long time. It was 120 or 30 days of interview time and then the writing, and then, well, and then the quantitative research, and then the writing. So this is an action-packed report. This, this is a big deal. Exciting. Well, we will wow, okay. um, be able to share it all in a few weeks. For HR Tech is what, just two weeks out now at this point? Three weeks out now at this point, right? HR Tech is two weeks out now. Oh, see. Yeah, the time is flying by. 
Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. So, the, so there's all of that stuff to take care of, too. So what's in the mailbag? Yeah. So it's a busy couple of weeks. You know, so sort of leading up to what's going on with HR Tech and other conferences and events that are going on for the fall season, um, we've got some interesting news. So I think, you know, probably the um, the one that maybe – I mean, this is just something to be aware of, and obviously our, our thoughts go out to Mark, but uh, it looks like um, Oracle's chief executive officer, Mark Hurd, is taking a leave of absence for health-related reasons. Um, it's worth having a conversation about what do you do when some of the founders or, or, or senior-level positions in an organization have uh, you know, a need to take a leave of absence. But it's a question for anybody in an organization and a big part of HR's role. So there's some conversation there. Um, Microsoft LinkedIn lost its appeal case over the access to the user profiles. So this was a, a court case we've actually talked about quite often um, with a, an HR technology firm, actually. Um, and LinkedIn, it looks like, does not get to sort of um, – we'll, we'll can read into it a little bit further, but, but it's with HiQ. Um, and we can talk a little bit more about sort of whether or not organizations are allowed to sort of pull the data from the, the LinkedIn environment, if that's LinkedIn's data. Um, California is also advancing a bill to redefine and protect gig economy workers. Um, probably something we should be keeping an eye on. This has a huge impact on who's considered an employee and who's not in an organization, which then impacts everything uh, in the HR technology space. Um, Ceridian acquired, which we haven't been Ceridian doing an acquisition in quite some time, acquired an Australian workforce management solution provider called RightQ or R-I-T-E-Q. We also have um, a couple of organizations that got some money this week. A Manchester-based psychometric recruitment startup called Arctic Shores rose, raised $5 million in Series A funding. Uh, a company called Ripple Match um, named $6 million for diversity-focused graduate re recruitment platform in AI. And we also saw HR Easily receive a U.S. $5 million investment from NV Capital out of the Singapore uh, market as well. So lots of international money being funded right now. Um, there's some updates from Paychex as well as Skillsoft. And um, if we get time, I, you know, there is also – I think generally, you know, there's a lot of awards that go out in the market. So I, I don't generally pay a lot of attention to them. Everybody gets a, an accolade or an award from somebody. It's, it's part of the model. But uh, Workforce Dimensions, uh, Kronos' new um, workforce management cloud version, received a, an excellence in artificial intelligence from um, basically named the best places to work by Los Angeles Business Journal, um, as well as excellence in artificial intelligence from sort of a tech AI organization. So I thought it was worth maybe discussing, this is not a, an HR type of an award, this is more of an artificial intelligence and technology award. I don't know if you thought that that was sort of maybe worth paying a little bit of attention to or not. So, so a couple of interesting things going on this week. Where do you want to start, John? Well, well let's, let's see if we can blitz through some of them. The Kronos AI thing is, is Listen, listen, this is Kronos. They are not quite the oldest company in the business, but that's that's only if you consider that Ceridian used to be Control Data, which used to be IBM. Um, <laughs> right. um, uh, but 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 they're like an old, old, stodgy workhorse, and they have managed to turn on a dime and harness the data and expertise they have and build AI functionality that is 
um, breathtaking, breathtaking, and and a model for other people to follow. So, so just real quickly, congratulations, Kronos. Nice job. Um, yep, nice awards there. Um, the the gig economy one is pretty interesting, right? Um, um, my my basic view, right? So this is the 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 ruling is that Uber drivers are employees, not contractors. Yeah. And the underlying reason for the for the concern has nothing to do with the protection of employees or the protection of workers and everything to do with the protection of payroll taxes. So yeah. when when people are contractors, they don't have to have payroll taxes deducted out of the stuff. And both the state governments and the federal governments in the United States are entirely dependent on the cash flow from payroll taxes. Uh, and so, so this is a move to ensure stability in the cash flow of the government, um, whatever they want to call it. Uh, and and I expect you'll see more. I expect you'll see federal federal regulations along these lines too, because if everybody goes off and becomes a contractor, the stability of the currency is at risk, um, and you, you can't expect that the government will either take that lying down or jump up and throw a party because everybody's now able to be a contractor. I, I would agree with that. I mean, I think they're, they're you know. The altruistic reasons for doing this, which is what they're claiming, you know, that it is much more about sort of the workers' rights, which there is a workers' right component of this. You know, I, I've had multiple conversations with people who sort of are, you know, try to figure out, you know, financially if it's better or not, you know, and it depends, I guess, on health care and benefits and those type of things, right? It, it works out financially as long as nothing wrong happens, right? Um, and but on the other hand, I think you're right. You know, the reason this is probably actually going to come to fruition is financially for the, you know, the government. They just need to figure out a way that, you know, people can't, you know, sort of um, survive on the sort of kind of amount of gig economy work that's now coming into the market and still sort of manage the tax base that we have. But what I think is most interesting is no matter what the reason is for why it might be coming about is the technology is going to have to figure out how to handle this, right? Will there become a, a different type of employee? Right now we have, we have some pretty, you know, we have full-time employees, we have part-time employees, and then you have very specific sort of regulations around 1099 employees versus those who are contracted in other ways. Um, we don't really have a good designation for someone who sort of hops on, hops off of work, right, which is what an Uber or a Lyft driver does and makes their own time and figures out their own approach. Um, and that might be the, the need is to create some sort of new designation and then the technology is going to have to address it. Right. 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 Yeah. Be interesting. So let's, let's jump to the next one, which is, which is the LinkedIn high Q lawsuit. The um, LinkedIn is a bully. <laughs> 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 And, and they there's have, a big they, girl they, in the room. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. And now they're owned by yeah, the biggest and, and, gorilla of them all, Microsoft, right? <laughs> well, but but Microsoft stopped bullying people a long time ago, right? This is okay. this is this is crazy adolescent behavior on the part of LinkedIn. 
Um, but it's partly because their business model involves pretending that everybody in the world's personal data is theirs to sell. Um, and, and so they have been aggressive about lawyers on small companies that try to use the data they find in public on LinkedIn as the foundation of something else. <clears throat> and, and so this is a, this is a punch in the nose to LinkedIn, but I, I can't imagine they take it lying down. I imagine this goes to the Supreme Court. Um, um, and so it's not over. It's not over yet. But in the meantime, you get somebody like IQ Labs, which is a David in the face of the Goliath, and just the amount of time and energy and money and diversion from actually doing work that IQ yeah. has suffered is uh, it's unconscionable that you can do that in this day and age in public to a tiny competitor like that. Just unconscionable. Um, and, and so it's great. It's great that the, um, that the, the ruling was like this. I know a ton of entrepreneurs who had to change their business plans because of LinkedIn's bullying behavior in the marketplace and, and so maybe 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 this is the beginning of them being tamed a little bit yeah and and i think it is it, it might also i hope anyways that it might also be part of the conversation about um how much the because there, there's real value in some cases there's there's a lot of bad stuff that happens because of, but there's real value in some cases in being found right that that's part of why you put yourself up on linkedin um, and what LinkedIn is doing is limiting that capability, right, for some of those organizations. And so um, I think there's an element here of personal data ownership that, that this doesn't even bring into the conversation that needs to be addressed, right? I agree. I agree. I agree. And, and this is another place where we're going to see <clears throat> interesting things. I'm aware of a half dozen blockchain startups that are about the protection and ownership of personal data. I, I don't think they're going to amount to much, but, but there's an energy in the marketplace on this topic. Yeah. Huge bit of energy. I would agree. Yeah, definitely. Well, what do you think about this Ceridian, um, you know, acquiring an Australian workforce management solution provider? It, it, this seems to be an odd turn. We, we, we haven't seen Ceridian actually buy a lot of, companies, right? Uh, just, you know, but maybe being public, you know, they're making some, some different changes. Um, do you anticipate, I mean, it, it seems like a smaller company. Um, it it um, founded in 2001, operates in Sydney, Melbourne, Brisbane, Perth, New Zealand, and the UK, and serves 325 customers, which is more than, you know, not very, it's probably about a quarter compared to, to sort of all the customers that Ceridian serves, at least with Dayforce. Um, what do you think about this? Is this, is this news? Um, well, you know, Ceridian has been weird since they went public. <laughs> Very weird. Um, yeah. um, they, they really, um, for my money, changed the way that they interface with lots of parts of the world. Um, 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 so, so, so they've been strangely low profile. After after the public offering, and this is the first time that they pop up in the news, and, and it suggests that they have some sort of aggressive um, 
plan for Australia, but I don't know anything more about it than that. Workforce management is really, you know, workforce management in the time and scheduling aspect of things. That's really the heart of the Dayforce product. And so, so, so they must be buying a customer list so that they have access to the Australian market. That, that's what it seems like to me. And again, with no you know conversation with the trading team, I'm sure we'll get some updates at HR Tech around this. But I but I think they're aggressively going after what will be the Australian, maybe even Asia Pacific market with that. Um, but I also think you know for the thing that I learned a long time ago about workforce management that a lot of people don't understand. You know, compared to talent or core HR method or other functionalities, it's a very regional and industry specific type of of sort of um, technology. Um, you may be able to have the same underlying platform, but there is so many regional requirements around time allocation and time requirements and payroll requirements that it, it, it's very much like, like payroll. It's hard to get a global workforce management conversation going, right? Um, this may also be a need to sort of to buy the expertise in that region and buy the, the capabilities to overlay onto whatever they've got as, as what is Dayforce as well. So that might be going on there too. Cool. Well, we have whipped through our half hour again. Um, another great show. Thanks everybody for listening and thanks Stacy for doing this and we will see you all back here next week. Same time. Okay. Thanks everyone. All right, bye-bye. Have a great day. Here we go.